Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Have You Seen It podcast with Chris and Eliza, a podcast where we share our thoughts on our favorite films one by one. In each episode, one of us has seen the movie, and the other one is seeing it for the first time, and we will ask each other the important questions about them. Like, how does Nicolas Cage come up with accents? What would the economic system be like after the apocalypse? Why is Sam Neill so good at playing a villain? Tune in each episode and we will ask you, have you seen it? Hi, welcome to episode five, Halloween edition, a.k.a. Let's Scare Christopher to Death. Mm-mm. This is, this episode uh, is, is my choice. Chris had never seen it. And after, you know, a vote amongst my Facebook friends, I decided between all the classic horror movies that I had on my short list, the one that got the most votes was Candyman. Yay. They killed a dog. Okay, Chris is still really upset about watching this movie. Uh, the other the other day we watched it, um, it was uh we watched it with our friend Nicole. So occasionally her comments are gonna be peppered in there because um Chris got annoyed when we weren't paying attention to him, and for most of the watching of the movie, we were not paying attention to him. Uh, so, Candyman. Uh, release date, September 11th, 1992. Budget was eight million, eight, eight million, eight million. Domestic box office was 25.7 million. That's more than double. Correct. <laughs> Uh, runtime, 99 minutes. Once again, perfect. I don't, you know what, can we make a rule because... No, we're not making any rule that, that says we have to keep movies within that timeline. But that's my favorite runtime because, okay, we tried... That's cute. We tried watching another another movie at the suggestion of a friend of Chris's. Yeah, but that movie was not good. It was more than two hours long. It was... I, I don't think we're ever going to end up actually doing that episode because I don't even want to talk about that movie for a second. But we, we, might, we might change that. Um, so uh, Candyman was based on a story, a short story by Clive Barker called The Forbidden about a university student named Helen who is doing her thesis paper on graffiti then discovers some graffiti depicting a local legendary figure called the Candyman, and her investigating eventually leads her to becoming the Candyman's next victim. I think I read The Forbidden a very long time ago. I don't remember it very well, so I can't really do a side-by-side comparison of story versus film. Um, But I think the director was also the screenwriter, and I think he, with Clive Barker's blessing sort of took it and ran with it when they decided to set it in America. So, um, yeah, uh, director screenwriter Bernard Rose, um, who is also a Brit like Clive Barker, developed the story for film changing the location from Liverpool to Chicago after, um, I think they had an offer from the Illinois Film Commission to set the movie in Chicago. And then when he visited the Cabrini Green housing project, he said it was an incredible arena for a horror movie because it was a place of such palpable fear. And I I did, um, of course, do a little internet research on the history of Cabrini Green housing project. And um, 
I'll, I'll get into that later. So we open up, we've got nice overhead, you know, helicopter shot of Chicago and nice whispery voiceover narration uh, by Tony Todd, who plays Candyman. And then it's just bees. Hate bees. You had a lot of trouble with this movie because of a number of reasons, which we'll get into. But firstly, you I could feel your butthole clench up as soon as you were just like, it's a swarm of bees. They weren't Hmm. maybe they those bees were not really things. Thanks. I know that. I got that. So the first scene that um is uh Virginia Madsen portraying Helen Lyle. Um she's at a local college it looks like talking to another college student about with with a very aggressively 90s haircut chris you're gonna you can't keep getting distracted by the cat i know the cat is adorable especially when he tries to fit his fat body into a cat carrier no he didn't try to fit his fat body into a cat carrier he fit his fat body into a cat carrier. He's the only cat I've met who prefers to be in a cat carrier. Yeah, he just walked right. The reason why I'm stunned is because he, yet again, just opened up the office door, trotted over to a cat carrier, batted it open, and just got inside and nuzzled up. Maybe he's like those cows in um, Temple Grandin, and they like to be hugged. That's how they feel comforted. Yeah, but like, <laughs> he's 15 pounds worth of cat in a 10-pound cat carrier. Yep. 15 pounds of shit in a 10-pound sack. <laughs> Although he is not 15 pounds of shit. He's 15 pounds of awesome. So uh, as I was saying, she's talking to this college student who's telling her a story that she heard about a babysitter, friend of a friend of a friend, getting killed by Candyman. And they go to sort of the, you know, acting out of the story, and they go to this suburban home. I think that was the only non-Chicago shooting location that they used for this because I think all of it was filmed on location. Um, unless a terror dome, unless some of, (laughs) some of the terror dome was rebuilt, you know, on, on set somewhere. Seriously. So, uh, they showed the babysitter. This babysitter looks like she's, she's 30 if she's a day. And then her, you know, cool leather jacket wearing boyfriend comes over and he's like, he looks like he's in his forties. So I'm like, yeah, these people are totally teenagers. So then she, of course, sits on the couch, immediately takes off her shirt, shows off her nice, you know, Kmart white bra. That bra. And that she bra's says, ear. says, I've got a surprise for you. Surprise, you know, of course, probably, he's probably hoping it's anal. Um, this is probably hoping to get his dick just touched. Just touched by anything. By like a hand puppet. A you know, toe. By a toe, you know. An eyebrow, something. Sock puppet. Yeah. Not the one he uses at home. So they go they go upstairs to a bedroom. Or, or no, a bathroom. And uh, she says, I'm going to tell you the story about Candyman. You stand in front of the mirror and you say his name five times. And then when you turn out the light, he's breathing down your neck. And then she's like, you want to try? And each time he says Candyman, she moves his hands a little further up her rib cage towards her little itty bitty titty committee she's got there on her chest. Excuse me. She was in the chess club. Ain't no way you in the chess club. Maybe the mosquito bites club. Hmm. Hurtful. Truthful. Thank you, Key and Peel. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then he gets up to, uh, she, she's like, oh, you want to try? And he's like, I want to try your, your butt. And uh, he gets to the fourth Candyman, and then she kind of goes, <laughs> nobody's ever gotten past four. Go downstairs. And they shoot. They go to him downstairs on the couch, drinking a beer, looking with this look on his face like, like I'm rock hard right now. I'm definitely going to ejaculate on something girl <laughs> part tonight. If I can make it out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you can't. Bet you can't. <laughs> so then for some reason, she sends him downstairs. She sort of fondles the giant gold cross around her neck. And she goes, Candyman, and turns out the light. And of course, Candyman's standing right fucking behind her. And she, you know, presumably gets murked because we just see a blood river yeah, come was, down out of the ceiling. It was, you know... The dildo cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting murder weapon on, on, on Candyman. Well, it, it does say, like, that the way he kills them is, like, from groin to stomach, knifing them. Yeah. She was, she was ripped open. So then, um, so then Helen is kind of like, oh, wow, great story, Jan Brady. And she, uh, you see her walking into another classroom where we see Cassie Lemons. From Vampire's Kiss, I do you think we're the only people in the world who get so excited to see Cassie Lemons? I think you're the only person in the world. <laughs> I, love, I love Cassie Lemons. No, I'm kidding. She's I love great. her hair. She's so pretty. So she's interviewing um, she's another be your student. She's trainer in the basement. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she's interviewing another uh, male student about, and he's telling that story that every fucking person has heard about the babysitter on acid who cooks the baby like a turkey. So, and, and I was saying while we were watching this, somehow this happened in every single person I know's hometown. This is just like the story you hear about the kid who did a whole sheet of acid. Now he thinks he's a glass of orange juice and you're going to tip him over. Or the how every town has the... And then we drove up this road and somebody turned their headlights off. So I flashed my headlights at them and they came behind me and they're flashing their headlights until they ran somebody off the road. Yeah. And they killed them. There is a really great documentary that I recommend to people all the time called Killer Legends that does get to the bottom of like a couple of choice urban legends and the truth behind them. And my friend Joe Derwin appears in it because he's talking about killer clowns and... It's, it's actually really interesting to see. There are a few that have some basis in truth, but most of them have a basis in your parents trying to scare the shit out of you so you never do acid, which, I mean, I can understand. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do things until you can handle them, and when you're young, your mind is still, you know, <laughs> elastic. Joke's on them. I love orange juice. <laughs> I would love to be a glass of orange juice <laughs> for the rest of my life. So then... Um, so Helen kind of talks to uh, her friend Bernadette, Cassie Lemons, about, you know, they're, they're writing their senior or their graduate thesis together, I suppose. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe. I think maybe they're just really good friends, so they're supporting each other and running ideas past each other for each other's separate thesis. But... They're in the same program and degree together, yeah. I think is what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could. I couldn't quite. They didn't even touch on like what what they're going for uh. their masters in, so it could be anything. Um, 
Then we see Helen goes into another lecture hall, and the uh, professor who is leading that lecture, we find out late, is her husband, and he's given a lecture on the same topic. Fucking jerk. Um, then, I, then I went into a whole thing about I. I just really love Virginia Madsen's um, wardrobe in this, and I, I think I could pull it off. I, I can. I can rock a a chunky, you know, rib knit sweater with like, you know, sort of like a loose turtleneck. And, you know, there's, we have, we have like a similar body type. I feel like I should, I should, you know, that'll be my next look. What? I, my fashion <laughs> sense is very basic and I'm comfortable with that. I will mm, never be a basic. Cool, I'm basic. I will never be a cool dresser because you know what? I've got shit to do. Just as an update, now Bonnie is trying to smush herself in that cat carrier with her 15-pound cat. Because she loved, they love they, each they other They love each other so, so much. much. They want to like, it's like combine into one giant cat being. Yeah. Big Beast is going to merge with Little Beast. It's going to be like one of the gem fusions from yep. Steven Universe. Yep. Um, oh, so, so then Helen, you know, the, the lecture is over. Helen goes down to talk to her husband, Shitty Trevor. That's how I just refer to him. Throughout this entire movie. He is a shit. He's a shit. So he's talking to some some other students, and he's there's one, Stacy, who just stares fucking pure liquid evil into Helen's soul as she's walking out. And Trevor's kind of giving her the eye like, bitch, leave. Just because you suck my D under the desk once or twice doesn't make you special. But God. It's worth like a tenth of a grade point at most. God. Learn to learn to not use your teeth next time. So Helen, Helen is kind of like she was kind of a bitch to me, and he's like, ah, whatever. She's a kid, and then she says she's actually mad at him because he's he promised to not teach on the theme of urban mythology until she and Bernadette completed their graduate thesis, and he just said, ah, whatever. I don't listen to you when you talk because I'm an asshole. So that's accurate. I, I heard him say it. <laughs> so they uh, then Helen's in the computer lab. You got really excited about the computer she was using because it was just a giant gray box. It was like the size of like a oh, yeah. toaster oven. It was huge. Straight up old DOS. Yeah, and it was the blue background and the white font. It was super sexy. Oh, I thought it was the black and green, but maybe it was the blue and white. It was definitely the blue and white because oh, Nicole, yeah, yeah, Nicole yeah, yeah. said, wait, it's not black and green. No, black and green was when we were watching the Goldbergs the other night. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, Helen's playing her, her, uh, why can't I think of the word? Her dictaphone. God, I used to use one every fucking day when I worked for Betsy, and now I can't even remember the name for it. So she's using her dictaphone. 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 And playing, you know, the interview she just did with the student, and then the cleaning lady asks, you know, like, oh, do you mind if I come in and clean this classroom? And she says, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And uh, hears that the interview was about the Candyman. And she says, oh, you're doing a, you're writing about the Candyman. That's interesting. My coworker knows all about that. 
and she says, "Oh, could I talk to her?" And she says, "Yeah, sure." No, just, I, I didn't think. She, I don't think she said her coworker. I think she said my friend. My friend. Of, oh, my she friend did. knows all about yeah, that. Yeah, she did even, say my friend knows all about that. And, and, and then, like, oh yeah, she tells her a little bit of the story from her friend, and then, and then, then like, oh, is there any way that we could like possibly talk with her? And she goes, "Yeah, one second. Leans out the hall and calls her over. Opens, opens the door to the classroom, and just just yells out for her friend, and her friend is like, "Oh, Kitty." What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, and we find out she's the other, you know, janitor who's cleaning the college. And uh, mm-hmm. so she comes in and she asks, you know, what, what happened? What, what do you know about the Candyman? So Kitty sits down and, and she says, there was a lady in the tub and she heard a noise. She heard like, her name was Ruthie Jean. She heard this banging and clanging like somebody was trying to break through the wall. So she called 911 and she said, there's somebody coming through walls. And they didn't believe her. So she called 911 again. By the time they got there, she was dead. And Helen asks, was she shot? And she says, no, she was split open <laughs> with a hook. <laughs> Great sound effect she did. Yeah. But then, um, but then telling, she, she gets up and she says, but I don't know nothing about that. I don't know and about gives that. Helen this look, sort of like, you cannot name me directly nope. because I'll get killed. We'll get we'll get to that later. Interesting theme in this movie. So then uh, Helen is doing some some deep microfiche research, which I love when I see microfiche in movies. It just takes me back. That microfilm. Oh, I love it. So she's reading about you know really like below the fold newspaper stories about murders in Cabrini Green. And that general area. Well, she was also looking up things about the contractor for the buildings. and Right, I think she found that during her research. Yeah, she, she, she found out the building contractors for her building and the building contractors for the Greens were the same contractors. Right, that's in the next scene. But this, um, her researching into the, the you know, murders in Cabrini Green not getting much, much press coverage reminded me of... Two episodes of the podcast, last podcast on the left, that covered black serial killers. And the reason why they get so little press coverage is because generally they target black female drug addicts or sex workers. And truth be told, it's, it's just, it's shameful. The press doesn't care about those victims because they are, they are the least okay. deserving of attention. In our system of economic slavery that we have, they are on the some of the lowest rungs of that caste system. Well, it's like it's like you have the spectrum of most dead, which is a a white child to least dead, black sex worker, and it's fucking disgusting, mm-hmm. and I don't agree with it, and I wish it would change. So, the only way we that they can maybe it'll ever change is if we just keep talking about it. But not that the not that the revolution's gonna fucking start here with us talking about Candyman. Um, if Candyman had existed in real life, he would have been covered in that episode of last podcast. <laughs> so, and uh, Henry Zabrowski would have done a really funny impression of him. So, uh, Helen and and Bernadette later on are at Helen's nice condo. They're going over Helen's research she just did that day, and um, that's when she reveals, she holds a picture of, you know, in the paper of her own condo building, side by side with Cabrini Green, and she says, 
do you, what, like, what do you notice? And, and Bernadette's not seeing it. And then she says, that building is my building. That building on the left is Cabrini Green. My building was originally constructed as a housing project. Then they realized if they put a housing project here, there was nothing separating the low-income population of that building from the Gold Coast, which is the really rich, moneyed part of town. And, but in Cabrini Green, they're separated from that part of town by the highway and by the L train. So they're segregated, you know, quote, where they belong. So they basically repurposed this building that was built by the housing authority and sold it to a private contractor who repurposed it as condos. Well, they put, you know, it wasn't cement blocks on the walls. It was, uh, you know. They covered them up with plaster. And so, yeah. So then, um, then they're talking about Cabrini Green. Bernadette says she doesn't even like to drive past there because she heard a kid got shot the other day. And Helen says, yeah, like every day. So then, um, so at the, oh, and then I said like, oh, the outfit that Helen is wearing in this scene, I bet I have that outfit in the closet. And you were like, yeah, you can wear it tonight. Tonight. (laughs) And then, um, they go into the bathroom, uh, into Helen's bathroom and she shows Bernadette. She takes her medicine cabinet off the wall in the bath, in the bathroom and she shows there's nothing separating the apartments. There's no barrier between the two apartments. It's just medicine cabinet against medicine cabinet, and that's the only thing separating them. So if you take both of those off, there is literally a hole between the two apartments. So if Candyman, is, that's probably where the myth came from. He could have easily just busted through somebody's medicine cabinet and killed somebody. So then, of course, they get to the, you know, Helen puts the mirror back. They get to the scene that happens in every single one of these movies where they say, have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried saying it five times into the mirror? So they go, let's try. So they go, they say it together, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. So they say it like ten times. So then Helen says it the fifth time, Bernadette wimps out and you said, is it the aggregate total? Because with the other thing... If they start saying it together, do they have to finish saying it? So they're actually saying it a total of ten times because each of them is saying it five times. Yeah. I mean, the other part of it is, too, that in the beginning, the guy and the girl, the girl finished saying it. But we're not sure that story is even true, so it doesn't have to be canon, necessarily. Hmm. That's, you know, it's a game of telephone. When you hear... This thing happened to this, 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 and it gets lost in translation because it's going through a bunch of different channels. You know, obviously you can't hear from the babysitter exactly what happened because um, she did. But, you know, that actually there probably was no babysitter. Probably didn't even happen. I bet. So, um, so then, you know, later on, Helen's sleeping and sort of she hears some like clicking and clacking in her apartment and it kind of wakes her up and then shitty Trevor jumps into bed with her in his stupid terry cloth fucking smelling like another girl's pussy robe smelling like he's kind of like acting a little bit drunk and he's like oh hi baby I love you that's kind of like so many gin tonics tonight cause we're in the 90s and that's a classy beverage I fucking hate Trevor Trevor's the worst you can't tell like we, we both hate Trevor so, 
Next day, they show Helen and Bernadette are driving to Cabrini Green. Uh, Bernadette has a stun gun and mace. Yeah. Probably un- unregistered mace that she's putting into her purse. She um, Was it actually mace or was it pepper spray? I think it was mace. Because like you can get pepper spray. Yeah, you don't need a firearm. Wait, but it. is this before the whole thing where yeah. they made the law? This I think this was pre-Brady Bill. So like, this, this you could have had mace. They needed to do a waiting period and they did a background check before you could buy a firearm. Yeah, this, so they she could have had mace easily. Yeah, totally. Um, she probably got it from her mom. Her mom was probably like, Bernadette, you put this in your purse, girl. Um, so... Then uh, Bernadette is acting kind of fidgety, you know, and she's she's complaining that that she doesn't want to go to Cabrini Green, and you know Helen is kind of like, "Come on, I I you know we it's gonna it's gonna be fine. I just want to get up close and personal. I really want to really investigate. I don't want to, you know, we're doing a, an investigation. I don't want to just be some kind of like removed intellectual doing a, you know, I want to get up close and see the place where it really happened." Um, cause she wants to be in the room where it happens. She wants to be in the shit. And, uh, Bernadette says, we look like cops. And Helen says, I said dress conservatively. And, and, and Bernadette's kind of like, yeah, that makes us look like cops. Dummy. So, um, at this, at this point we kind of get the, we're kind of picking up, um, the impression that Helen is, is really thinking that Candyman is not real that this is the, you know, the neighborhood, the population of this neighborhood attempting to cope with the everyday horrors in their lives by creating this mythical creature and um, that she she's really thinking she's already kind of solved it. She wants to see if she's right and that she wants to basically disprove another urban legend. Another urban legend. So that jokes on her. Yeah. So it's actually interesting. Um, when we see Cabrini green, I think I mentioned this to you and Nicole, I did a Google Maps search of the area where you can, you know, go to down to street level and just sort of click through like up one, like half a city block at a time or half a mile at a time or whatever it is. And, um, when you go to the site where, uh, the Cabrini and, you know, green, the Cabrini greenhousing complex, basically, because it was a whole compound. It was multiple buildings, but they were all torn down in 2000. The last building was torn down in 2011. If you click on that area, it goes from 2015. Then you click forward once it's an image from 2007. And you see one of the huge projects still standing all boarded up, looking like a fucking ghost village zone. Um, looking like a war zone and then you click forward and it takes you forwards in time again to 2013. It's super creepy. And I hope they never take it down because I want everybody to well, see Well, now it. that you said something. Ah, they're going to go, oh shit, we fucked up. Take it down. They know about it. They know about it. But it's like now it's just basically it's been leveled. It's just an open field. So, um, so the, the other thing we, we meant, we, both pointed out about Cassie Lemons. Her voice deepened a lot between Vampire's Kiss and this movie. And it was probably only a period of like four or five years. You know, she became a woman. She became a woman. Then you got you got Cassie Lemons confused with Maria Conchita Alonso and you said she doesn't look anything like Alva. 
Yeah. And then I was like, how dare you forget who she is? She was running around. She was topless. in the movie for like thirty seconds. She made an impression though. She showed. She yeah, showed she's her titties. titties. And you coined Damn the phrase. Titties. You coined the phrase "washboard butts" washboard to describe butts. How dare you forget? I didn't forget. I just didn't know that was her. Yeah. So you actually um, you started going into a whole sort of riff about you know government subsidized housing and how like they kind of. They're kind of improved now in Chicago. Like, they built smaller townhomes and smaller complexes. They didn't just sardine everybody into these giant hulking monoliths. And then Nicole completely (laughs) broke the cadence of your whole story because she went, Oh, my God, I love that guy's pants. Because we go up to the front of Cabrini Green. There's all these gang members sort of just standing around. And these they did have some super fresh outfits. And they had, actually, real gang members as extras or background actors in these scenes because basically they were like, this is where people live. We have to work with them. We have to, you know, give them something for allowing us to shoot where they live and where they work. Well, it was funny because then they go, they're walking up and there's all the gangbangers there and they're trying to stop them, this and that. They're kind of trying to block their way, but they're sort of walking backwards. They're doing that male intimidation thing where you're just like, hey, where are you going? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, where are you going? Hey, where are you going? And they're just like, we're just here to visit a friend. And then they, as soon as Helen and Bernadette start walking up the stairwell, they start screaming, Five-O. Yeah. It's like, ha you do look like a cop. And, and they're like, damn it, I thought we, you know, I mean, I didn't think. Um, Helen is wearing a blazer with fucking man-sized shoulder pads. Of course she looks like a cop. So they, um, I, I think most of the graffiti in these scenes was real with the exception of like the murals that we see on the wall later, obviously are not real. They, they might've still been there when they tore down the building, but they, um, and of course, you know, there's a big, huge bubble letter graffiti that says sweets to the sweet. So they, they're taking some photos of that. The resident who lives in the apartment that this is tagged over flings open her door and she's got a big, huge Rottweiler on a leash that's just barking. And she gives them this look like, get the fuck away from my door. So they um, they start walking over to what was Ruthie Jean's apartment. And at first I was going to criticize Helen and go, that's stupid. Why would you do that? And then I realized that's probably something I would do because I love true crime and stories about murder. And visiting places where stuff happened. Where you have a little muffin on your lap. Oh, she's so cute. She loves you. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, it's, the, our, our little, our little tiny monster is just fully asleep on Chris's lap right now. And so he's barely paying attention to me. Because, <laughs> well, you know what? She's much cuter than I am. So um, Bernadette is kind of you know, trying to get Helen not to go into Ruthie Jean's apartment. And Helen's like, oh, oh, come on. I can go anywhere I want. I'm white. And she just waltzes into the abandoned apartment like she owns the place. She, um, everything is really dark and sooty and dirty. It actually, it doesn't look like someone got murdered there. It looks like the place got lit on fire. Like, it, it looks like it was torched and just ripped apart. So then she goes to the bathroom and she takes the mirror off the wall. There's no medicine chest on the other side. Or no, she just opens the mirror and there's just a hole there. 
like the mirror is intact, but there's just a hole in the wall. So yeah. she takes the whole unit off of the wall. And she climbs on through. She climbs on through, and uh, Bernadette is is really nervously whispering to her, like, "Dude, this, this could be a stash house for a, for drug dealers. Like, I don't know if you should go in there." And and she's like, "What are you gonna do if you run into it, into someone? Are you gonna give them your card?" Which is funny because that's exactly what Helen does later with the resident with the, the Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. And uh, Helen's like, "I'm just gonna take some photos." She climbs through, and she goes, "I'll be back in five minutes." 20 minutes later. So she uh, leaves Bernadette just by herself sitting in this murder site, murder tub. And then, um, you know, so Helen, she climbs through another giant rip in a or hole in a concrete wall. And we see on the other side, it's a giant mural of Candyman's face. And Helen is climbing out of the mouth. And then um, in front of this, she finds this pile of of, uh, of candy, and she picks one piece up, and there's a razor blade just stuck into it. And I was like, see, that's why you have to get your Halloween candy x-rayed. Listen to your mother. Listen to your mother. Listen to your clients. So, I, I, you know what's funny? I made a note of it, because at this point, you got the hiccups, and we were like, maybe something really scary will happen, and it'll it'll scare them out of you. Um, so we go back to Bernadette sitting there, you know, just hoping she's like got some Mentos in her purse and, you know, kind of looking, looking real scared and looking around her and smoking a cigarette. And then she's sitting there, everything gets really quiet. And then Helen just runs, sticks her head through the hole in the mirror and goes, Bernadette! It's like, bah. you're about as subtle as a flying fucking brick, Helen. Jesus, calm your tits. So then they go back out into the main part of the apartment, and um, the resident who scared both of them with her, with her Rottweiler is standing there, and she says, um, what are you doing here, lady? You don't belong here. You shouldn't be going through people's apartments and things. And so Helen says, sorry, we're from the university. Here's my card answer her card and that seems to work she also says which this keeps coming up again and again she says we're not cops yeah which is not necessarily the best thing to be telling I'm people like, in that you're area still in, you still are not a <laughs> yeah, so, so now this it's, building and you don't necessarily just have the right to go walking into places where people got murdered yeah and then you tell them you're not cops so there's no real ramifications if they kill you other than the fact that you're white um, so then, uh, then, uh, this resident, Anne Marie, she, um, she hears her baby crying. And so she goes back to her own apartment and she says to both of them, white people never come here except to cause us a problem, which my sister actually pointed this out when I watched Candyman for the first time with her. She said, you know, you realize that she's kind of looking at Bernadette as being white by association. Yeah. She's like, you're in a different class, so that means you are, quote-unquote, white people to Economic me. Economic slavery. So then, um, don't just throw around the word slavery. It's, it was, we're in an economic caste system. It's okay. Um, so, so then, of course, you know, we see the inside of Anne-Marie's apartment, and she's done what she can with the place. Like, the walls are painted. You know, she has carpet. She has things hanging up. It's very neat. She's obviously got a decent job. She's wearing, like, scrubs. You can tell she's, like, a CNA or a nurse's aide or maybe, like, an LPN. Um, 
and she, you know, she picks up her baby. Nicole, for some reason, thought the baby wasn't real. She was like, the head of the baby looks real, but the bottom of the baby doesn't look real. And I was like, I think it's just the very squishy sleep sack onesie thing that the baby's wearing. So uh, they definitely did not have the technology at that point. They don't have the technology now to make a realistic looking fake baby. Like, look what that happened with the American Sniper movie, that the baby was sick and they thought they could just use a doll to stand in for the baby. And everybody was like... Why is Bradley Cooper holding a fucking baby doll? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it was all over the place last year. Yeah, I have no it idea. It was funny. Um, so so then um, Anne-Marie kind of, you know, asks her what her study is about. And, and Helen tells her, oh, we're studying what happened to Ruthie Jean. Anne-Marie, um, you know, she says, we're not all like, the, like those assholes downstairs, meaning, you know, the gang members who also live in the building. And... Um, she, she apologized. She said she didn't mean to be rude. Um, asks Helen, do you want to know about what happened to Ruthie Jean? And uh, she tells her the night it happened, she heard screaming. Um, she dialed 911 and nobody came. Then says, you know, she's, she's scared. Like, she still lives here. She's still scared. Candyman is real and Candyman is going to come and get her. So... Then we go to the shitty intellectual dinner with all the college professors. And you pointed out one of them, um, Professor Purcell, looks like Ben Franklin. Yeah. He totally looked like Ben Franklin. Do you think he was, like, appearing in a play as Ben Franklin? He was like, I'm not going to cut my hair. Fuck you. I'm not going to, you know, change my outfit between sets. While we were watching this, though, uh, Chris got distracted by Clyde Got Stranded on top of the fridge. He climbed up and then was too fat to climb down. So Chris had to go and rescue him. <laughs> so, so, um, at this, uh, this dinner with all the, all of shitty Trevor's, you know, colleagues, professor Purcell, he kind of says, you know, they mentioned that Helen and Bernadette mentioned that they went to Cabrini that day. And professor Purcell is all like, Oh, that's cute. You went to Cabrini green. Mm. Well, do you know the actual story of what hap- what happened to Candyman? And Helen's kind of like, no, why don't you tell me? Why don't you enlighten me? So sir? he tells the origin story. Bees. Bees. That um, Candyman, and Candyman is not given an actual name other than Candyman at this point. Um, I, I do plan on, you know, doing something involving the sequels and how they got so bad. Uh, but thankfully there were only two of them at this point. He's still just Candyman. how he was the son of a slave, but his uh, father, when he was freed invented, you know, a device for the mass production of shoes, which made him very rich. Candyman was raised in polite society, given the best education, given all the advantages. And then he sort of found his calling as a very talented portrait artist was hired by a wealthy landowner to paint his virginal white daughter and oh they fell in love she got pregnant and then the landowner got pissed off got a bunch of his friends to form a mob go chase Candyman out of his house uh chase him down the street to where cabrini green was eventually built 
they stripped him naked, they covered him in honey, and then they lo- they opened up a local apiary and they let the bees attack him to death. Then they hacked off his right hand and replaced it with a hook. They never, you know, what bothers me? Why what a I just hook? realized why a hook? Why? They never explain why did they? Why was it just lying around? I think they were just bored. It's the most random fucking. They're thing. Like, oh, we got this piece of metal we can bend. Let's bend it and stick it in him. But also, I'm like, that's just mean enough to chop off somebody's right hand when they're already dying. Like, bees. No, I can't, I can't do it. Bees. So, so then they burned the body. They scattered the ashes. Cabrini Green was built on top of them. So then, uh, you know, Helen is sort of just, you know, the, the camera is just so in love with, with um, Virginia Madsen's face in this whole movie. She's her just butt. With her butt, too. But mostly her face, because he keeps on getting this perfect little light going right across her eyes. And she's just, I mean, she's so beautiful that, you know, I don't want to look at anything else other than her face either. So that's understandable. Then, um, so Helen goes back to Cabrini Green again the next day to see Anne-Marie and talk to her a little bit more. There's this little boy sitting in the hallway, tells her that Anne-Marie isn't home, and then, um... Helen, you know, says, hi, do you know anything about what happened to Ruthie Jean? And he says, I don't know nothing about that. And says, you know, you're, you're, you're crazy walking around here alone. But, you know, she says, um, you know, do you know anything else? I mean, if you're chicken, you don't have to show me. And he's like, bitch, I've seen more shit than you ever will. Okay. So he's, um, we found out his name is Jake and he's, he's so cute. I love this little actor. He's so cute. Um, he says, not as cute as his body. he says, I'm not, I'm not a snitch, but I'm not scared of nobody. He already walks. He's already got this just swagger, like just the world's tiniest little pimp. And they walk past this giant pile of like wood and old furniture and just rubble and, you know, Helen asks, oh, are you having a, a bonfire? And he says, oh, yeah, it's it's for the party. They never say, I, I don't know, I presume it's like a block party or something. So he leads him over to a pub, leads her over to a public bathroom uh, where he says a little boy got killed by Candyman. Um, that this, you know, was a mentally challenged little boy, was kind of bugging his mom, you know, in, in the store. And his mom said, just go across to the public toilet across the, the way and, and, and just, just go there. So then he's in the bathroom and he gets. Moited. <laughs> but Jake says he's lying on the floor, holding himself in a pool of blood. And they found it floating in the toilet. You can't fix that. Then there was this pause and you, I have, I have it. I wish I had it queued up, but you seriously screamed. They cut off his dick. <laughs> you got so upset, understandably. So then I, this started the point where I had to start telling you, it's not, it's not a real story. It's not real. Well, why? Just, he said, why? Now you see why I hate these movies. So Helen asks Jake, like, are you going to come in? And he says, nope. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going in. And, uh, she goes in by herself to the, the public bathroom. It is the filthiest public bathroom. I won't get into too much of a description cause I don't want Chris to throw up, Oh my God. but it's basically the grossest bathroom you've ever seen. And, um, so Helen goes to the last stall and she kicks the, the toilet lid up and it's, it's full of bees. So then we see this, uh, large imposing figure kind of stroll up on Jake. Jake looks up at him and goes, Candyman. Then he goes into the public, you know, into the bathroom where Helen is. And Helen's kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'll just get out of your way if you need to use the facilities. And he stops her and she says, look, I'm not a cop. Which I love it that she thinks she can get out of any situation by saying that she's not a cop. I'm like, "That's that's not the only thing that residents of this area care about basically you know you're you're poking your nose where it kind of doesn't belong your best course of action here would be to plead ignorant and say i'm really sorry i don't know what i got myself into please let me go i'll never be back yeah so then (laughs) a bunch of his other gang members come into the uh the bathroom and they sort of hold her arms down and she's like let me go and he pulls out a hook which it's just you know just a fisherman's hook fisherman's hook but i mean it's a it's a big huge one but He's got she it said. between between his fingers. Shut up. And, she uh, said. <laughs> I hate you. So then he says, we hear you looking for Candyman, bitch, and just smacks her in the side of the head with this big metal hook and leaves her on the bathroom floor. And we both said, he said bitch, though. <laughs> he said bitch, though, right? Thank you again, Key and Peele. <laughs> we owe most of our references to Key and Peele. So, so then, uh, you know, little Jake comes into the, the bathroom, finds Helen on the floor, obviously calls the police or an ambulance. They come in. We see later on, Helen's got a big old swolled up eye. Like it is grody. Like I, I don't think well, I've, I've, I've she never shouldn't have been looking for Candyman. That's true. Bitch. So then she's, um, she's looking at a police lineup. They've got a bunch of, uh, you know. I just I just picture like a real thirsty actor who's not getting any work being called into a police lineup and stepping up. They all have to say, "We hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch." And I just picture this out of work actor going, "We hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch." And Helen going, "It's definitely not number three. So she identifies the guy who smacked her with the hook, and uh, the policeman is good job, you know lights a cigarette for her and he's like, here, smoke this, smoke this camel light. It'll help your eye heal faster. It'll get the blood flowing to it. So, um, she, you know, he tells her that she identified the correct guy, that he runs a gang called the overlords, that he definitely killed Ruthie Jean. He definitely killed the little boy in the bathroom. They knew everything about him, but they could never get anyone to come forward and testify against fake-ass Candyman out of fear of repercussion against snitching. We were both like, oh, because, you know, white people have no loyalty like that. We would be like, it was fucking him, and he was watching, and he was in... He was in the convenience store across the street. I saw, the him, I saw him walk by. He was in the stall next to us taking a shit. I can, I'll give you all of them, their names, their middle names, who their mom is, where they live. Where their grandma is. Oh, yeah, we, we've, we've got, yeah... We're, I think it's because we're not scared because 
We don't have to be. That's why we can be that way. But we also aren't living in a situation where we would have to be. That's true. So, uh, so then, um, Jake is, is also at the police station and he's sitting there and he's drinking this styrofoam cup of hot cocoa and he's looking real pissed and he's mad at Helen because she said she would keep everything between them that he told her secret. And he's like, you didn't keep a secret. You lied. And he's super mad at her. And she's like, I'm sorry, but we're going to put the bad man away. So we're going to, we're going to put Candyman away. It's going to be fine. And, uh, and we're like, yeah, Jake, never, never just trust a white lady who just happens upon you in the hallway. Come on. Um, he's just like, just has this look on his face. Like you're lucky. They gave me hot cocoa. Bitch. It's making me happy. I want to throw this in your face, but it's hot cocoa. So then, uh, and you know, then later on it's, uh, Helen, you know, is, is, uh, at home and shitty Trevor is getting home from probably from getting a hand jibber from stupid Stacy. Um, and her eye looks, looks better, but she has an entirely red iris. Like she looks like her own evil twin. And, but then you, you were like, okay, so now she's got blood pooling inside of the back of her cranium. So she's going to go crazy. So it's going to be vampire's kiss. Right. (laughs) And I realize what I've done by showing you vampire's kiss. I've basically turned you into Andy Dwyer on Parks and Recreation trying to predict that the ending of every movie is he's been dead the whole time. Even when we saw Ratatouille. So, um, Hey, he could have been, I mean, why would a rat control you? So, Oh, so, um, the thing that, that Helen says, and she, she brings this up again with, with Bernadette because the cops said they found the leader of the overlords by, they basically shut Cabrini green down they swept in there. They went floor, floor by floor, floor yeah. till they found him. And she's like, several people get murdered here and they do nothing. One white woman gets attacked and you shut the place down. Like, how is that? How is that, how is that justice? Yeah. So, so then, uh, you know, Helen meets up again with Bernadette and she's at, they're at this like outdoor amphitheater, which was part of the university of, of Illinois. I think that's also been demolished. So I was like, a lot of these, locations which are really beautiful just don't exist anymore um bernadette tells her that she found the camera and she recovered the photos and put them on slides and that she's been talking to some publishers and publishers publishers, and they're probably going to get their story published so helen's all excited she's looking through her you know, her slides and she's walking out to the parking garage and then she hears Helen, which I said, that's exactly the way you talk to Bonnie. (laughs) So then, um, you, she actually woke up when we started doing that. Bonnie. Then um you you said I don't even want to watch the rest of this movie I'm bored and then real Candyman steps into frame and it's Tony Todd the actor I mean he's like six five you know I mean I, he's built like a brick shit house and he's wearing this long like fur lined leather you know duster and he's you know he he walks up to Helen and he's not. 
I think he's actually talking to her telepathically. And yeah, she probably. looks she looks like she's in a trance when this whole scene is happening. And because she has blood pooling in the back of her head. No, her 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 eyes all better at this point. Yeah, so yeah. the blood's just sitting there. Yeah, it's just it. You can't see it anymore, so it's not there. So, um, you uh, so then he says, you know, I'm you made people. You, I'm angry because you made people believe that I'm not real. And he says, I can't do an impression of Tony Todd because my voice doesn't go to that register. But he's like. I just burped trying to get to there. Um, Good job. I am the writing on the wall, the whispers in the classroom. And now I have to shed innocent blood to make people believe again. And she's like, no, don't do that. Um, That's a bad idea. No, thank you. I will take none of those. Um, I'll have none of those. Thank you. And uh, I'll get I'll get more into my love of Tony Todd as Candyman, but I, I said to you, and you didn't believe me, originally they wanted to cast Eddie Murphy no. as Candyman. I cannot imagine what a shit show that would have been. It would have been Vampire's Ghosts. Yeah. Oh, it might have been even better. No. <laughs> no. No. Get behind me, Satan. So then... What? um. Helen, it sort of uh, does this uh, pullback, and then we see it goes, you know, in, like it's going into Helen's mind, and then pulls back, and we see she's waking up on a bathroom floor, covered in blood. Blood. And I was like, well, um, you know, what woman hasn't been through that? That wouldn't even alarm me that much. So, at this point, I told you, look away. You didn't listen to me. I did, but it didn't happen fast enough. You didn't warn me. I said, I said, look away, look away, look away, look away. And you went, you didn't cover your eyes until the last look away. So you saw something you didn't want to see, which is that she finds out she's in. Chris made this noise for the rest of the movie. She's in Anne-Marie's apartment. She's just woken up. And she sees... It is really awful, and they, it's 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 horrifying that Anne-Marie's dog's head has been cut <sighs> off. So she sees the dog's head on the floor, and then she goes out into Anne-Marie's apartment building, or her into her apartment. Anne-Marie is losing her mind just over the crib where her baby was, and the crib is covered in blood, but the baby isn't there. So, of course, but Helen comes out of the bathroom. She's covered in blood. She's holding a meat cleaver. And she's just like, Anne-Marie? Anne-Marie reacts like a fucking spider monkey who just smoked meth. She just goes wild. Like she's just been let out of the cage. She is just, she fucking jumps on Helen. Naturally, I mean, wouldn't you? Somebody was in your apartment you weren't expecting. Your dog's dead. Your baby's missing. They're holding a meat cleaver. Of course. Jumps on her and just smacks her head off the floor. Helen is trying to sort of like get her to get off of her. And she, ow, chops the meat cleaver into Anne-Marie's arm. And I'm like, why? <laughs> no, but she's like, Anne-Marie, it's me. <laughs> and then she, then she sort of like subdues her and she goes, now just stay down. And I'm like, I am, I have subdued you. And then the cops just I kicked the door American. in. I am American. 
the cops kicked the door in and you said, and this actually made me sad because it was too real. You said, this is how you know this movie takes place in 1991 or two in the early 90s before the L.A. riots because they didn't, Anne-Marie didn't get shot immediately. And I, and I seriously was just like, too real, too real, too real. I thought we were just going to make fun of this, you know, ridiculously gory movie. Um, so, so then, then they both get arrested. Helen gets taken away. Um, presumably Anne-Marie got treated for the massive fucking chop on her arm. I hope somebody at least gave her some butterfly stitches, but no, they just took the stapler off the desk. They're like, good as new. And look, you're already ready for Halloween. You've got half of a Frankenstein arm started. So. Franken, weenie, Franken. <laughs> <laughs> so then they, we see ha- Helen is all covered in blood and she's crying and her mascara is running down her face. And the female police officer is telling her, take off your sweater. Like real bored, just doing her job. Take off your bra. Take off your pants. Lift up your left boob. Well, she said breast, but lift up your right boob. Show me under your arms. Squat and cough. The funny thing about um, the actress playing the cop in that scene is that it's it's Virginia Madsen's childhood best friend, Rusty Schwimmer. So I understand why you know this, why they uh, they had uh, Helen you know lift up her. Yubies, because you could hide a bunch of weapons underneath. You could hide a child underneath those. She's got them head boobs. So, you... <laughs> you just started... Like, basically, for, for the rest of this movie, you were crying and just whining and mewling about the fact that they killed a dog. And I yeah, kept on I, trying to say, it's okay, baby, it wasn't real. They no, didn't really kill a no, dog. No, it, it's real enough. So, um, you know, Helen, Helen is, is informed by the same detective that she talked to earlier that she's been placed under arrest for, uh, attacking Anne Marie and killing, killing the baby, even though they have not, they have not found the body yet. At this point, the baby is just missing, but, and also for, also for killing the dog. So Helen asks if she can make a phone call. She calls her house. It's like three o'clock in the morning. The dog seriously didn't do anything. Why did it have to die? It's not a real dog. It was just the dog who played that dog is probably not still alive because... Let's well, see, is dead! <laughs> I walked right into that. You fucker. Damn it. So, I'm trying to move forward with describing the plot here. God damn it. We can't you spend... You us watch a movie where a dog dies. Uh, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Helen tries to call home uh, to call shitty Trevor. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And of course, nobody's there because shitty Trevor is out. (coughs) Getting a shitty dick. Getting, yeah. With. Getting his dick shitty. (laughs) With stupid Stacy. Shitty Stacy. Um, and, uh, Helen is just, you know, smoking a cigarette in her cell. And, uh. Yeah, back when they'd still allow you to do that. Yeah, back where they'd allow you to smoke indoors anywhere. Um, 
so then Helen, we, we either Helen sees a vision of the, the missing baby, or we just, as the audience see that the baby is still alive and is in Candyman's, you know, hiding place. And the baby looks, the baby looks fine. He's just like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Well, imagine, because I can imagine Candyman being there with his little hook being like, hi, coochie, coochie, coo. Who's a good baby? Be like, I don't want to murder you. Coochie, coochie, coo. I don't want to murder you. Who's a sweet little boy? And <laughs> uh, Candyman is a single dad. Let's pitch that as a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving forward. So then um, the next day, you know, shitty Trevor shows up, whisks in, bails Helen out. You know, and he's like, I mean, like, okay, now my balls are completely drained. And since, you know, I had to stop at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, you want donuts, don't you? You wanted your latte. You want your French crawler. God, I'm doing this for you. So they, he shows up to pick her up from the police station the next morning, there's already an angry mob and reporters waiting outside the station because Helen is assumed guilty of abducting and, you know, killing the baby. And uh, you call, you actually, you called bullshit on them making Helen do a perp walk out the front door of the police station because they would, they would never throw her to the wolves like that. Well, not only that, but you know what else you just pointed out? They would, if they think she abducted a fucking child, there's no way she's hitting the streets. Well, yeah, and all I could think was, like, this is the early 90s. Well, they don't necessarily, they can't prove that she was, she, um... They want to come up with something to hold her on, though. Yeah. Like, so, so that's, that's the thing. Um, you dork. So then they go back to the Helen and, and shitty Trevor's condo and her lawyer is telling her they think they'll find the body and they're aiming for murder one. Ask Helen if she can remember any details. Helen explains that she blacked out in the garage. She woke up in the bathroom. She has no idea what happened. And the thing is, she sticks to that story. She, it never wavers because that is exactly what happened. What happened. So then... um. <laughs> so then uh you know helen is in the bathtub later and she you were still so upset by this movie you didn't even care that you you got to see virginia madsen's boobs no you there were was like a dead dog i don't even care about boobs bring back the dog not decapitated your dog was decapitated decapitated I might try to to tack on just some choice Chris sound clips because I recorded us watching a movie together because they are just it's like an acting reel for you to play like a, a husband in mourning except they would have to like you know your mother they would have to you would just have to say dog the entire time but they would just you know uh, insert. <laughs> wife over it <laughs> <laughs> but like I can just picture like real robotic they killed the wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Buck and I'm here to party <laughs> so so then uh, Helen's just alone by herself in the tub you know hearing hearing bee swarms <laughs> ah bees oh, sorry so um I really hate horror movies if you guys can't tell like the worst thing. You know what I felt bad? Who I felt bad for watching this movie? I feel bad for Michael Madsen, who is Virginia Madsen's uh, brother. 
because he vowed to never watch any movie of hers where she gets naked. And she gets naked in this. So. Tits aren't naked. You saw her naked back and boobs. Those boobs are. Well, she, I mean, she, he said where she's naked in, in any, you know, way. Like, topless counts as naked if it's your brother. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Think before you drink. So... <laughs> oh, and then you know what was really funny during... Okay, so we were watching the scene where Helen pulls out all of her slides, and she has a slide projector in her in her house, which I was like, that's boss. Um, and uh, she stops on one of them, she narrows in, and she realizes that she can see in the photo, when she's taking a picture of the mirror, Candyman's reflection standing behind her, and it was creepy. Creepy. Um, the, the really funny part in this, this part of the movie, though... You were talking about something, and you referred you referred to me as Nicole, <coughs> and Nicole and I just made fun of you for like two minutes straight for not knowing who your girlfriend is. <laughs> I got confused. I just because Nicole was bossing you around all day at the deli. She got yeah. to be boss lady, so then you got her confused with me. I understand. So, um. Oh, so, so in the scene, Helen's looking through the slides, then she goes into the bathroom, and Candyman's hook comes busting out of the medicine cabinet. She runs to the hallway, um, and he's sort of, like, is already there. He tells her she has to be his victim, that he still has the baby, that he will kill the baby unless <coughs> she dies in the baby's place, and that her disbelief destroyed the faith of his congregation. And, you know... What I kind of thought of um, when I was watching this, um, I was thinking, like, what happens to, you know, a a figure of power like a god or a goddess once they no longer have people praying to them? Because in basically every mythology, prayer and belief in them is what gives them power. There was this whole story arc in um, the Sandman comics (coughs) by Neil Gaiman where – uh, that I think kind of informed Neil Gaiman's novel, American Gods, about what happens to gods that are immortal. They lose power because no one believes in them any longer. Their myths have been forgotten, but they can't die. They still have to get jobs and kind of become productive <laughs> members of society, even even though they are immortal gods. They're powerless. So they're just these beings that never die that still have to get jobs and earn money. And it's actually like that's that's an interesting concept to me. So Candyman, um, you know, says all this stuff to Helen about Helen. Well, Helen about how she has to become his next victim and he cuts her behind her ear and like she starts bleeding a lot and losing consciousness. Bernadette is knocking on her door. Meanwhile, with some flowers, she lets herself in and I'm like, this is why you keep your door locked and gets Bernadette just gets torn open by Candyman. Um, yep. So so then, you know, it was funny because Nicole started just freaking out about Helen getting her neck slashed. Like, she was ha- was really icked out by that. But then you were just like, so what's Candyman's goal? What, he wants to take Helen and just, like, to be his queen and just, like, suck his D all night? What the hell? 
And I was like, probably. And you said, how did anyone between Vampire's Kiss and Candyman movies like this, how did anyone from the 80s turn out sane? And I just said, we're not. What makes you think we are? You were born in the late 80s, okay? I was born in the early 80s. Yeah, I know. And you crazy. Yep. So then uh, anytime I... I, I <laughs> for the rest of the movie, anytime I yelled back at you, your argument, which I couldn't argue with, was, A dog died! <laughs> like, at one point, your face got so red, and you were just sitting there like, Don't died! Don't died! I know, baby. You were upset, so... Don't like it. I don't like it either. Well, you're the one who made me watch it. I know. I forgot about that part. I see. Don't throw Reese's Cups wrappers at me. Oh, the Reese's Cups have to be in the wrapper? Yeah, because then I could still eat them. Oh, okay. Okay. So Travis, uh, shitty Trevor comes home, finds Helen, you know, lying on the floor, holding a knife, like a bloody knife, just kind of waving it around like, I was going to cut up some chicken and then I passed out. And, De- you know, Bernadette is dead on the floor. Um, Helen is sedated. Uh, and then she she wakes up. Her hands are cuffed behind her back. And Trevor, shitty Trevor, just has this look on his face like, man, all I wanted to do was come home, watch Home Improvement, and then, you know, later on, sneak out while you were <laughs> sleeping or in the bathtub. And bang Slotty Stacy. Go spooge on <laughs> Stacy's. 19 year old tits Helen what the fuck and gotta come home to this bloody mess so it comes home to uh make you clean it up now you have to clean up your mess young lady before, no before you take her to the she has to clean this rubs her nose in Bernadette's dead body <laughs> like she's a dog that just pissed on the carpet so you um you did something funny here we were watching this you went so wide with your like giant Muppet arms you knocked my beer over and then caught it on the rebound (laughs) but it still spilled all over the floor yeah but I caught it I should know better never to get you excited about anything or show me a dead dog this is my life from now on yep uh, someday if I die first on my tombstone it's going to say she made me watch a movie with a dead dog. <laughs> it's going to confuse children. It's not even like the dog kids died who, of natural causes. Kids who go into the graveyard to like make out with each other. Ew. Are just, just going to be like, I don't Ew. understand this inscription on this woman's gravestone. So, so Trevor's such a shitty husband. He, Helen is, you know, strapped up to a bed with four point restraints. You know, she's still in her bloody t-shirt. And can't they even, like, put some Bactine on that cut on her neck? It's just sort of, like, open and separating. And uh, Shady Trevor totally just leaves Helen, you know, as she's wheeled into the psych ward. And he's kind of like, okay, you know, I mean, I got a – I'm kind of half stock right now. I'm going to see if I've got enough blood going to my brain so I can, you know, at least drive to Stacy's apartment and walk up the stairs while you do whatever the fuck you're doing. And at this point, you seriously thought – Shitty Trevor was just gaslighting Helen into thinking she was a murderer so he could get rid of her and go be with stupid Stacy and, you know, <coughs> freely be free to bang her all he wants, which I thought that would be 
that would be an interesting theory. Um, Wrong, but interesting. Yeah. So, so then, uh, you know, Helen's, you know, strapped up to a bed. Candyman is just floating around on top of her and under the bed like fucking Blackula. And she's sedated again. We both, we both went, ah, when the actress who was playing one of the orderlies came in and, you know, shot, gave another sedative into Helen's, you know, shoulder because she fucking glanced that needle off of her shoulder. Yeah. Like, it, it, it looked so uncomfortable. I was like, did anyone teach this actress how to properly, like, act like you are giving someone an injection? Because that's not how you do it. You don't flick it. Anyway, ugh, we both got squicked out by that. So, back at the candy cave. Candy ba- cave. Baby, baby, what's his name? Because the baby's never given a name. Is, is you know, kind of cooing. And Wait, isn't that baby in that apartment that she went into? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think so, that's what the candy cave so, is. And that apartment is right next to that where that fucking lady died. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wouldn't she hear her baby? Because he's making a lot of noise. He's just and sitting there going... Wouldn't the cops <laughs> search that area? Well, uh, Candyman can be anywhere. So maybe he maybe he moved the baby anytime the um, cops I mean, show I mean, up. I guess. And he's like, ha ha, can't catch me. It's like... Always behind the door. Bah! He's he's always, like, still going to, like, gut people open, but now he's got, like, a baby Bjorn on his chest. (laughs) When you you got a baby but still got to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So then he's, um... Oh, and he feeds the baby some honey, and I started freaking out, going, there's no protein in honey. There's no protein. There's no fat. There's sugar. A baby can't survive on sugar. And I was just, like, really, like... What else is this baby eating? I don't think that's the point. I think the point of that was I'm going to cover this baby in honey and let the bees eat him. No. See, your 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 stopping point in a movie is an animal being harmed. I really freak out if anything um anything happens to a child or if um sexual assault is used as like a character building device. Um or, like, a plot motivation device because it just drives me crazy. I'm like, no, that's not something you should just use like that. So, uh, okay. So Helen wakes up in her cell. She's, she's you know, kind of treated like shit by these shitty orderlies. And she's taken to a room, strapped into a wheelchair. She has a session with uh, this guy, this doctor named Dr. Burke. Nicole thought Dr. Burke was she was like oh like Grey's Anatomy and I was like this was pre Grey's Anatomy Nicole but I'll let Good you job. have your your thing and I was like uh, although if I found out that Grey's Anatomy had a you know very buried in their Candyman reference I would maybe watch it so Doctor Burke treats Helen as if she has a fully delusional disorder and she's been committed. She tells her she's been committed by the state's attorney and has been here for the past month on basically a constant dose of Thorazine. So she doesn't remember shit. And then starts asking her to like, remember specific details about what happened when Bernadette was killed. Helen just says nothing and then shows her a bunch of videos of her writhing around on the bed and talking to no one because she's the only one who can see Candyman, like he can't be picked up on video. And so then we both had the same reaction. We were like, uh, you want me to remember details after I'm just given Thorazine for a full month and I'm strapped into a wheelchair? Fuck you. And then we pictured 
if we were both in a, in a psych ward together, like in straight jackets, and we were like, "Oh, oh really?" really? <laughs> we'd just be just the sarcasm twins, and like we'd end every we'd be, statement. We'd, we'd with, be getting drugged up. We'd be drugged up, just like leaning next to each other, drooling. Like, <laughs> and then just wake up two hours later and go right back into it. Like we wouldn't be violent. We would just be passive aggressive yes. and, and sarcastic. You, you, you need to get up and eat dinner. Make me. <laughs> oh, you need to eat dinner. And then you would fart. Eat that for dinner. And I would burp. Um, and then, uh, but then I was picturing you like, you, oh, then you said they can't cuff me because I can collapse down my whole hand. Don't let people know that. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was, no, I was thinking of it as like being so adorable. Like every time you slipped out, like they'd cuff you and you'd be like, yeah, yeah. You just Houdini your way out of restraints and then hide under the bed and they'd rush in and you would just jump out and do just cat paws like ha ah! <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> so Helen tells Dr. Burke she can prove that it wasn't her and there's a mirror right across from her and she says Candyman five times and he's looking at her like uh-huh-huh I remain suspicious and then spits blood out and we see that Candyman climbs up from under the desk and he just splits him open and then then Candyman flies backwards out the window uh, no he cuts Helen's restraints off then flies backwards out through the window like a bat yeah but but my question is if he's worried about people believing in him or not why doesn't he just fucking like why is he so pissed that he's giving her all these like he's she's giving him free kills well is it because people believe that it's her who's doing it? Yeah. There we go. Okay, continuing. Uh-huh. So basically, she's taking all the credit for his work, so he's like, nope, we gotta make a big, huge demonstration, and you gotta be my victim, and, and I, I'm not saying all of his motivations make sense, but then again, I mean, he's from a different time. So, uh, Helen jumps out of the window and escapes. She climbs to another window, knocks on it. The nurse just lets her in. And then she sort of tackles her and knocks her out and takes off her uniform. And there's another drugged out patient strapped to a bed who's like, yay, I get to see control top pantyhose for the first time in a year. It's a good day for Billy. So she's, um, Helen's like wiping the blood from Dr. Burke getting murdered off of her face. And I was like, oh, did she find a baby wipe? Blood doesn't wipe off that easily. No, she's just in spit. Oh, you, you said it does if you piss on it. <laughs> <laughs> does if you piss on so it. So then um, Helen runs home and she's like kind of running up to the house like, oh, I just can't wait to put on my PJs and have a bowl of Lucky Charms and watch a little Oprah. And then she finds stupid Stacy is in their fucking apartment. All the furniture is covered up and Stacy is painting the apartment the color of fucking breast cancer awareness. I Accurate. was like... Get the fuck out of here. So then, you know, stupid Stacy turns around, sees Helen come through the door, and she just starts screaming, Trevor! Trevor! Shitty Trevor comes out in his stupid robe, and he's like, oh, did the baby make a boo-boo? And uh, you you said, why is Stacy laughing? And I said, I think it's just because she's a bad actress and she's never actually experienced pain, so she doesn't know what crying looks like. And, oh, God, Bonnie smells like a fart. 
It's because she farted. She farts every time I pick her up lately. So the the funny the other funny thing about this scene was that behind like Helen Helen shows up and she's like, "Oh, you were just gonna wait, you know? You you just moved her in and you didn't even tell me. And what were you planning on serving me with divorce papers? Like what when I I stood trial? Like what the fuck, Trevor? And he's just standing there like a stupid dick. And we notice though, like on the kitchen counter, they have like the newspaper open to the the classifieds, and I was like. Oh, Trevor's having Stacy go through and circle a bunch of clerical jobs so she can feel like she's like earning her place at the table. Like she's gonna, and he's gonna buy her a whole new wardrobe, you know, at Neiman Marcus. And then she's gonna go to work every day and she's gonna earn her lean cuisines that she's gonna keep in the freezer. And I hate Stacy. I hate Stacy and Trevor. So Helen, I think at this moment she she realizes she's got nothing left to live for yeah. because. Her husband's already with someone else. She doesn't have a home. She's she's got nothing. You know, everything's been taken away from her. Her credibility's been taken away. So she makes the decision, like, okay, I'm going to go to Candyman and I'm going to die. And then they do this shot of like the river and and Helen standing on a pier, and you started singing. <laughs> Dun 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 waves on the beach. Dun 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 waves on the beach. I'm standing on a pier and I'm freezing my tits off. And then you were also convinced at this part, you're like, is this vampire's kiss? This movie is vampire's kiss. None of this is real. You she's imagining all of it. We're gonna find out. It's all in her head. And I was like, no, and then you cried again because you, you were like, you watch what a movie where John dies." So, uh, so then we see Helen is sort of skulking around at Cabrini Green, and she's got this little pen light. Nicole thought it was a syringe, and then she had immediately turned to a, like just doing the hard, hard drugs. drugs because she'd just given up. And then um, this is where you get hard drugs, right? They already know me here. Although, you know, if I if I knew I was about to go get hook murdered by like this this uh mythical beat beast, I probably would just just shoot heroin. <laughs> because you know what? It'll hurt a lot less True. if you can't feel it. So uh Helen is you know, steps through the the hole in, in Ruthie Jean's apartment and she's she's going through the same broken apartment that's been destroyed and she's like oh oh i see i see you decorated the walls with blood that's nice you let's oh you lit some candles for me that's that's romantic okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna borrow one of these spare hooks these these are guest hooks right this these aren't your main hooks these i can just get these one of for these anybody okay i'm just gonna crawl up through this hole in the floor oh your floors are color, covered in rubble okay oh that's a toilet not connected to anything okay that's nice and then you got really angrily confused over like, you said, she climbed up through a hole. Why is there no, why is there no hole there? And we were like, cause they just jumped to like another place in the apartment. No, cause it's like showed the same room that she crawled up there, but there was no hole in the freaking, it was dumb. That, that set, that might've been a set that might've not actually been in the building. So that's the only thing I can think of. So, um, so then she happens upon Candyman is, you know, taking like a vampire nap or something. Um, she tries to take him out in his sleep by just jamming the hook into his neck. And 
You just started screaming, kill that motherfucker! <laughs> kill that motherfucker! And, uh, in his nest. It's not a nest. It's a hive. Because he's covered in bees. <laughs> and Candyman just, just rips the hook out of his jugular wine like it ain't no thing. And he's just like, you have to surrender to me now. And so then she kind of seems like she just sort of falls into a trance again. And he's carrying her over to this, like, dais. And Nicole went, it's Beauty and the Beast! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and uh, then, um, and, you know, this scene's kind of sexy. Um, you know, he's like, then he shows he's got, like, bees crawling out of his mouth. Tony Todd actually let live bees crawl you gotta stop. on his face. And but also Tony Todd, I realize in one of the shots, he's fully cupping one of Virginia Madsen's titties. Yeah, if you could get away with it. Dude, I would. Of course. I'm not an idiot. So so then he gives her like a bee kiss, and then we then Nicole and I started listing off things Chris can't even handle mentioning. Cut off dog heads, no. bees, <laughs> surgery. Ghosts and tapioca pudding. <laughs> so then uh, Helen uh, tr- uh, trances out. We see the baby is being moved to a second location. Um, Helen wakes up thinking that there's bees all over and she's freaking out. And uh, she sees there's a, a painting on the wall of Candyman's, you know, white, white baby mama. Um, cause when she came in, there was a mural depicting him being killed. Yeah. And then she sees a painting of Caroline, who was the, the woman who got him killed. And she looks exactly like Helen and over it is written. It was always you, Helen. So then we were kind of like, it's not exactly clear. Is she the reincarnation of his dead Lavra or does it, is well, she descended not- from that family? Whatever the case is. It could be either one. Either one would work for me. I just, and I don't even need to know. It's, I think it's a sort of interpret it yourself, like use your brain. Use your imagination. Uh, so then um, Helen wakes up. She hears the baby crying. And I'm like, if she could hear the baby crying, everybody in the building would be able to hear the baby crying. But then again, maybe it's just, it's only for her to hear. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's spectral bullshit. Magic. So she realizes that the baby is hidden in that giant pile of, of stuff for the bonfire. So she runs outside, um, realizes that Candyman, you know, he reneged on his promise and now wants to kill the baby so that Helen can live because she's given herself. She, he's not chasing her anymore. She's now said, okay, I'm yours. And she's like, oh, no, she better don't. You started saying she would not be able to get down to the courtyard that fast. And I was like, well, she's got crazy person strength. Maybe she just, like, rappelled down the side of the building. Who fucking knows? She's got supernatural Maybe. abilities now because she let Candyman give her a bee kiss. So Ugh, Worst sex, sex game ever. <laughs> yeah. So you and Nicole both started freaking out that the baby was not going to make it. And, or that Helen was going to hurt the baby or drop kick the baby. <laughs> She's just going to punt the baby. Football punt the baby. And you were like, how's she fucking going to get out of this with the baby alive? What is she going to put it up inside of her vagina and walk it out? And I was like, the baby's going to be fine. And then you just start going, Boo! 
And I said, there's no fucking dogs in this scene. What are you getting emotional about? There was a dog earlier. So then, um, uh, so then, you know, little, little Jake sees, um, he doesn't see Helen run down to the courtyard. Helen's still got the hook in her hand, you know, because it's her only weapon. And um, she, so he sees some, a hook going into the pile of, of wood and rubble. And he thinks Candyman's going in there. So he basically gets the entire residential populace of this building to Sight the, light the thing on fire, light the, the pile of wood on fire so that they can finally get rid of Candyman. Um, has no idea that Helen is in there. So meanwhile, Helen climbs through, she finds the baby and then Candyman appears and he's like, if you stay with me, you'll be immortal. And so while this thing is being set on fire and he's like, I'm not going to let you go. And she stabs him with a, a burning stick. And then she crawls out of the fire while she herself is on fire with the baby and the baby is unharmed. So then Anne-Marie runs out and gets her baby and she's like, oh my God, thank God the baby's okay. And Helen is just all fucked up. Her oh, hair is dead. melted. One of her ears is melted. Her back is all just burns. Yeah, she's done. She's, she's dead. And then Jake looks up and he sees real Candyman burning to death inside of the bonfire. So, um, so then we go to Helen's funeral fucking Stacy's there and I can just picture like Helen's friends said we don't know how many friends Helen actually has the only friend we saw was Bernadette and she, and she gone so but he was like she will be at my side she is the lady in my life now and Stacy's probably like yeah I am and just like sucked on a giant lollipop because she's a child so they're they're standing there at, at the funeral and then all the residents of Cabrini Green show yep. up, and it looks like... It looks terrifying. It looks like the cast of a Bone Thugs and Harmony video. I loved it. I loved it so much. It was Jake, great. Jake was wearing a little tiny bow tie. It made me so happy. So, Shitty Trevor just looks guilty. See, one time in the movie, he looks guilty, but he also just looks nervous to be around so many non-white people. Non-white people of... of- He's kind of like, income. um, he's like doing that thing where, you know, sometimes. Just check your time, check the time, check the time. Also like check to make sure your wallet's still on you. Cause do you ever see like people do that? Yeah. Where they're just like, I'm just checking it. And it's like. Yeah. You're giving pickpockets no away. No one's trying to fucking steal your wallet, you idiot. And, um, no one here is a thief. So Jake pull, zips open his jacket. He pulls out the candy man's hook and they throw it into Helen's grave with her. I always took this to mean that this is her trophy because she vanquished the real evil tormenting them. But I think what was your the, interpretation? I, I think that was their intention, but I think in reality the evil would have been bound to that item. So they didn't really realize what they were doing. Yeah, I don't think they really realized what they were doing because in if that item was the last thing left over that from Candyman, the evil would have been bound to it. Yeah, it was. A, it was like. A, a totem. They That's why they couldn't probably get rid of them in the first place. Buried it, surrounded in brick dust and salt, and yep. poured holy water over it, 
and done some other kind of shit. Put it in a cast iron box. They should have put it in a fucking Dybbuk box. What the fuck were they thinking? Come on, something. Dumbasses. Uh, but also, I felt like it was sort of a sign of respect. I felt, yeah, I felt like it I was... I felt like, from their ass point, yes. They had the best intentions, but uh, they did not have the best results. So, so then later on, we see shitty Trevor is at home in the bathroom staring in the mirror... And, and he's just sitting there looking like he's made a huge mistake. And, you know, stupid Stacy is just, like, wearing a gauze shirt and no bra. And it's like, you can see her nipples so clearly. It's like, it's like a fucking MRI. And she's like, oh, what are you doing, Trevor? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'm not regretting every single decision I've made since I met you. And she's like, oh, well, I was going to make us a nice dinner. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Fuck off. Leave me alone. You're so annoying. My wife is dead. Can I grieve for one second? And uh, then, he's, then he's thinking about Helen and he's remembering her and he misses having a wife who is a real person, not just like this walking dick sucking machine who has no brain. Cock gobbler. And... Uh, <laughs> So he's he's looking in the mirror and he starts moaning, Helen, 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 Helen. And he says it five times and then he shuts the lights off and guess who pops up behind him holding a giant hook? Helen. Helen. And she's like, what's the matter, Trevor? He's scared or something? And then she just guts him the fuck open and I was never so happy to see somebody go. So, um, then stupid Stacy flings open the bathroom door and she's, oh, and before this, she's like bratting out around the kitchen. Yeah, she's meh. like throwing the steak and she's like, meh, and she's slamming stuff and she's got this big knife because she's going to cut up the steak for dinner. And she's like, mm, why don't you listen to my stories about theater camp anymore? Why aren't you interested in me? Me. And she walks in, she's holding this giant knife and she sees Trevor's guts just blood everywhere. everywhere and she just screams her head off and i was like oh you know what's even better about that she sort of back end framed stacy yeah. for trevor's murder yep yeah yeah oh do you think that would have been a good sequel that would have been a much better sequel than the sequel they went with but they probably could not afford virginia madsen after the success of the first movie true um so then, uh, then we see the final shot of the movie is a new mural in the in the candy cave of Helen with flames for hair, and we realize she's become the new Candyman. Yep. So this 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 movie is a hard recommend. They kill me. a dog. I agree. That's that's the one part where I think they go too far. They don't need to do that. They don't need to harm. An- I feel like they uh, a lot of times horror movies very wantonly harm animals. No, no, I don't. I don't mind if the animal, like say, if it's a situation where the animal is viciously attacking you and you have to put it down so that way you survive. Well, that's yeah, one no, thing. I mean, like zombievers is one thing, but yeah. this is another thing. The dog's death was completely unnecessary. Irrelevant. Yeah, he could have just he like. He could have just stolen the baby and, like, I don't know. It could have been something completely different happened. He could have just he could have just put the dog in a closet. I mean, he's Candyman. He's, he's fucking solid, yeah. you know, muscle. He's solid he's, Clyde. Even though he's a mythical creature. Yeah, it's a hard recommend. Um, 
it's a good twisted movie, but again, I think I, I said all eighties all eighties movies are kind of twisted. But it was a good it was a good watch. I felt really guilty because you were you had so much trouble. I can't handle pet abuse. I know, and I I will I I forgot that that was part of the movie, and then I felt I felt really guilty that I put you through that. I'm not good but with that because I'm not gonna lie. Don't understand. I'm not gonna lie. Every time you you brought it up, your reaction was bigger and you were more upset. And eventually, it was really funny because you have, you're really funny. Thank you. So that's um that's our our Halloween our Halloween movie that we've uh, we covered this time. Um, next time will be Chris's choice, so we'll see. Next how Next time will be Alien Apocalypse. Yeah, we'll see how he gets back at me for making him watch it. Oh, a it's going to be great. Get cut off. So, uh, we now have a Tumblr page. Um, I want to point that out because I am doing accompanying um, articles about each of the movies as we go forward. So I'll have that posted soon. It's have you seen it um, Again, our Show email is hysipod at gmail.com. We are now on iTunes, Stitcher, and our our home on SoundCloud. So feel free to email us. Feel free to check out the Tumblr page. Um, like and subscribe on iTunes. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ah.